place accountably. Well, welcome everyone to this new year of practice together. I have my two companions here in support. I'll come to them later. Um, as a theme for tonight's talk, <coughs> there is a very um, well-known Zen koan, which is quoted a lot, and uh, it comes from the teacher Rinzai, who is one of the, the great teachers in the Zen lineage, um, 9th century China. <coughs> of course, the, there's two schools of Zen, the Rinzai school and the Soto school. And so Rinzai is the founder of the Soto school, which is one which is considered to be, um, his methods were very sort of uh, rough and tumble. He was very unorthodox, but a very effective teacher. And one, in one of his dialogues, Odama combats with his students. He said, There is a true man of no rank who's coming in and out of your senses all of the time. Look, look, who is this man of no rank? Or woman of no rank? Uh -huh. Person of no rank. The man of no rank, the true man of no rank, true man of no rank has no status. Mm -hmm. And it's a koan, which is a challenge for us to respond to. But often what I like to do is to link these um, old truths of Zen that come through in these koans with more modern ways of understanding the same issue so we can get a bit of, bit of context around it. <coughs> and one of the books which I read over the break, which I've been planning to read for a long time, is a book by um, Alain de Botton, who's a um, popular philosopher writer, who wrote a book called Status Anxiety. And that term now has become sort of part of everyday language, status anxiety. But to do, give you a very, very brief summary of the book, he is saying that, um, that all human beings are driven by a need for status. Once in our lives we get beyond having shelter and food and do other things, then we're, we're striving for status of one kind or another. And various cultures and various societies have had different types of skills or qualities, do you know, which they've admired more, which put people up at the top of the hierarchy. In many, many cultures it was the men who are the biggest and strongest and, the, you know, the, the, the bravest in battle and etc. And so um, your capacity to be a good warrior and a good leader in battle, you know, became, gave you a high status. But then in other cultures, people who were priests had high status, you know, or um, people with gentlemanly manners, you know, um, had, had a high status, or people who could play a musical instrument or artists. So it can vary. So it's part of the human condition that we are caught up in hierarchy. And to the degree that we are, we then have status anxiety about fear of losing status. Now, one of the things he says in the beginning of the book, which I think is really important, is that there's two ways in which we want to be loved as a human being. And uh, we want to be loved by a... By a um, have a bond with a special person like a husband, a wife, or a girlfriend, boyfriend, or a best friend, or whatever. And we acknowledge that as being an acceptable thing to do, to be loved, 
to love and be loved by a particular person and have a bond. What he's saying, which I agree with, which is not quite so acceptable, is that we all want to be loved by the world. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be just loved by one person. There's this desire to be loved by the world, and that might mean being respected for certain qualities or certain skills or whatever, some kind of status. But it's there, and it's part of the human condition. But there seems to be a stigma or a taboo on us actually acknowledging that or recognising that. And yet, if you reflect on it, so much of what we do in career and many things in our life is to gain the respect of other people and the fear of losing it, being on the outside or being lowered down the rung. And so, with anything in life, psychologically, like emotions or anything, if we deny something, which we're actually doing, um, it comes out in very much more twisted kind of ways. But if we actually acknowledge that that is a need that we have, um, then by taking ownership of it and acknowledging it comes out in a different, healthier kind of way. Um, and in times gone by, in cultures where there was um, landed aristocracy and peasant classes and so on, um, probably people had less status anxiety because if you're born a peasant, well, that was just the way it was. You're born a peasant. You're never going to become a lord of a manor. And if you're born an aristocrat, well, you were just born an aristocrat and that's just the way it was. And a status was bestowed on you by birth. So no one really felt that they... Um, there wasn't so much social status anxiety because people had their status already recognised for them. But he says, as our modern communities have developed and so on, and there's a good and a negative side to this, is that status is now based not on um, what family you're born in, etc., etc. It's based more on, on merit. It's a meritocracy. People get status because of what they've personally achieved for themselves in some way. And in so many ways, um, status, one of the, the main status symbols in our culture is how much money you have. Having a lot of money or a lot of possessions and being wealthy somehow bestows on you some kind of um, merit um, that you're able to achieve this on through your own means or whatever. And what goes along with hierarchy being developed through merit or meritocracy is that if you're not successful it must be all your fault. Because all the successful people got there through their own achievements or skills or hard work, whatever. So if you didn't make it, you're not good enough and you're responsible for it. So that's the kind of life, that that's the kind of culture and everything that we live in. <coughs> but people of various different spiritual traditions, and Rinzai being one of them, points to another way of being in the world, which really goes to the heart really goes to the heart of a lot of Zen practice and a lot of spiritual practice generally. Because what is at the heart of spiritual practice is really getting outside of this whole game of superior and inferior. Mm -hmm. It creates so much anxiety for everyone to be caught up in thinking about where they are in terms of superior and inferior. 
the whole true genuine spiritual process is getting past that. We are no, no longer caught up, not just intellectually in ideas of superior and inferior, but you see no one is better than you and no one is less than you. No animal is better than you or less than you. No human being is better than you or less than you. And you've all got this drive somehow to be better or at least not to fear, fear being worse. Mm -hmm. Come back to Rinzai. The true man or the true woman of no rank is coming in out of your senses all the time right now. There's a way of being in the world right now where you're just being an ordinary person right? and you're just seeing, hearing, sitting, walking, eating, Mm -hmm. and you're not attaching any status to it. Then practice takes us down that path. Usually meditation is associated, and, and quite rightly in a way, with um, being a method of learning how to relax or become calmer. And if you came along here tonight with that intention or motivation, in one sense you were wrong, and some sense you're right because it's more than just creating endorphins in your brain through meditation as a technique. If you really want to examine where the sources of your anxiety come from, a lot of it is about hierarchy and social anxiety. And if you can see through those concepts that we're given and not get caught up in them, then your level of anxiety will be far, far deeper. Right, than just um, following your breath. Something deeper will happen in the transformation of your spirit. You're not caught up in the social game, at least quite as much as what you were before. And that, that's very liberating if you can do that. So this is where we can look at old truths that come from all Zen teachers and we can make sense of them through um, modern kind of writings. And hierarchy doesn't just exist in the... Um, <clears throat> in the commercial world or the secular world, it also is there in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Some people are more spiritual than others, mm -hmm. right? whatever that is. Uh -huh. Some people have titles, you know, there's fathers and there's brothers and there's roshis and there's lamas and so on. They bestow status. But if those people really have a clear insight, they're not attached to the status which they might be given. Mm -hmm. And anyone in the spiritual field who is uh, caught up in status um, isn't the real deal. So that's the end of my talk tonight, but speaking of um, uh, status anxiety and so on, we have, this is New Buddha. Uh, this is young Buddha, which Althea generously donated, because old venerable Buddha here has lost his head a few times. You can see he's, you know, a bit battered and worse for wear. And we thought it would be really nice to retire him. So this younger Buddha is taking over the transmission from the older Buddha now. And the older Buddha will go into my garden, and the new Buddha will go on the altar, 
But old Buddha and new Buddha are not concerned with hierarchy or social anxiety. Right? They don't go, on. I'm the new kid on the block here. Right? Um, they're not concerned with it at all. And this, this Buddha is actually, um, as, as Althea reminded me, has presided over so many Dyson over the years through Sydney and Tasmania and the Blue Mountains and here. And he's heard a lot of tales of suffering <laughs> and a lot of laughter and a lot of joy and so on. And, um, but he, it's time for him to retire now. So we'll put him out in the garden. <laughs>